Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. Tonight on the call, I have with me Flo and Rigo as always. What's up guys, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, what's up man? Not much, how you guys been? Sleepy? <laughs> yeah. Rigo, refreshed after a nap. <laughs> took, a, took a power nap before the podcast started. My advanced age, I have to do that. <laughs> Alright, well, um, we're trying something new tonight, guys. Uh, we have our first uh, Chivas del Norte podcast guest. Tonight we have uh, Osvaldo on the call. Osvaldo, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, man? Pretty Having good. a good night so far? <laughs> trying to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> ready to talk about my woes for this team, you know? Definitely. Um, Osvaldo, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself to every, like, uh, listeners, um, where you're from, why you're a Chivas fan, how long you've been a Chivas fan, you know, anything you want to throw in there? Yeah, so, <clears throat> as I said, my name is Osvaldo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Osvaldo2go. Um, I've been a Chivas fan all my life. I born, raised, and currently live in the San Francisco Bay Area. And, um, yeah, it's only been recently that I've uh, really followed the team. Uh, actually, ever since I joined the Twitter and I found uh, the Chivas del Norte family, I guess you can say, that I've been uh, really following the team and expressing my my uh, opinion on everything that surrounds the club, you know? Hey, are you a okay. Niners fan, too? Uh, yeah, I yeah. am. <laughs> I like that he got his plug in in the, in the beginning. <laughs> of course, I got a, got a mixture. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it kind of hurts that you bring up that Niners, Rigo. Sorry, Sorry I'm a Niners fan, so... I mean, I'm not San Francisco, though. But yeah. Are, so. Yeah, he just he just likes pain. So yeah, <laughs> you're you're a cult fan. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. give us back more. <laughs> before, right, uh, before we go into the podcast, we want to send our uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody in Mexico. We hope that uh, everybody's family, everybody's family is safe, and uh, you know, it's just a terrible thing that the country's going through right now. And I guess it just puts it puts things in perspective, like um, I guess how small soccer really is when you really think about it. Definitely, I think um, I I follow the Liga and Mikey's Reddit a lot, and when the news of the earthquake broke out, um, a lot of people were worried, but a lot of people were, or they seemed even more worried about their games, you know. And I kind of like. Brought a, I guess, a sick feeling in my stomach. Like you know, soccer should be sort of the last thing that we have on our mind right now. But um, I guess it also serves as a distraction for the people through these tough times. Yeah, that's true. It, it I guess, um, well, when it comes back, it'll be a, I guess, like a morale boost slash distraction because mm-hmm. you know how they, they postponed them. Um, well, you could you want to talk about how they postponed the games? Yeah, yeah. So, the 
I guess the Federación Mexicana de Football recently announced that uh, all Jornada 10 games, as well as the Copa MX uh, Octavos de Final games are supposed to take place this week were postponed. Um, uh, obviously, America versus Chivas was going to happen this weekend, but it's been moved uh, either to the 17th or the 18th of October um, as solidarity, as a show of solidarity towards the country uh, through these tough times. Uh, meanwhile, the octavos de final game where Chivas was going to face Atlas, um, that's been postponed to the 24th and the 25th of October. Um, and that's right around right around Jornada 14, Jornada 15. So we're at the last stretch of the league. Yeah, I think it's the it's definitely the right move. You know, you, you use um when you have games, you're using resources like cops and security. And right now, they could they're definitely better used somewhere else. So it's definitely the right call by the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree. You guys hear that New York traffic? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. It's like trucks and buses driving by. I thought you were in a car or something. <laughs> sounds like you're at a loading dock. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's it's the best thing to to delay the games right now. Um, they really need to focus and put all their resources, you know, to help the, help the people right now through the tough times. Yeah, and you you can't you can't expect people to want to go to games when their family you know have has has just suffered or or if you know if they lost their house stuff like that. I think it was it was the best decision the federation could have done. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, just uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody out in Mexico right now. So moving on to the podcast, uh, we're going to touch up on the Pumas and Chivas game that happened over the weekend that some of us didn't get a chance to watch. Yeah, I'll the, just put myself on mute. Because of, <laughs> of the Canelo fight. <laughs> God damn. I don't know what made me mad more. The game was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I, I I only watched the first half, and then I ended up watching the second half later on, like the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's incredible that we did not win that game. It's like we pretty, we probably I think at one point we must have had seventy seventy five percent possession, and we just couldn't get a goal in, and then it, it, like. Very few goals this season have been let in because Cota makes a mistake. Uh, but this that, that mistake on Saturday night was bad. Like he literally he had the ball right in front of him and he he kind of just let it go and and or he couldn't hold on to it. And then the, I don't even know if it was a striker for Pumas or if it was a midfielder and he just he was right in front of him. Well, I think the right in. The weather conditions definitely played into that into that error. Like any other day, Cota just hangs onto the ball off that header. Don't make excuses for him. 
All right, come well, on, man. Uh, that, I didn't, that weather, man. Nah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to watch the game, but I did see the goal replays and the other highlights. And from what it looks like, it it seems like as he was receiving the ball, he was he was getting on his knees, and it kind of looked like the ball bounced off of his thighs, maybe. And that's why it was like because it didn't just fall off of him; it the ball bounced off him, and it bounced off him so far away that. He tried to crawl towards it, and he couldn't reach it before the Pumas player pushed it into the back of the net. So that's why it's such a it was such a weird bounce that I think it it literally bounced off of his body, and in the end, it just made him look like a a guy chasing a chicken, you know, in the hen in a pen. Yeah, it looked like a sun, Sunday league keeper, you know, your local local keepers. But Kotan, I don't think he's going to make that mistake ever again. So, Yeah, it's, yeah it, you're not going to see that again. It was one of those plays that just happens to every goalkeeper. And it was unfortunate that it happened against Pumas. And it's even more unfortunate that our team couldn't uh, pick themselves up from that and get the win. It was just so demoralizing because we were dominating. Yeah. I think it happened like in the 40th minute or something like that. Or around there. It happened at the 35th minute of the first half. Yeah, we we had been dominating the whole game. And then for them to get a goal like that, it's just completely demoralizing. I mean, as a fan, it's demoralizing because you're like, you're expecting a win. And Pumas is bad. They're, they're not. They're not a good team. Yeah, they're currently seventeenth uh, place. So. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the if you look at the stats statistically, Chivas dominated the whole game. They had twenty two shots to Pumas is three. They had sixty six percent possession. And then 12 corner kicks compared to Pumas' three. I watched I watched the Univision Deportes. They do like a a six a 90 and 60. Kind of like what BN does. They like yeah, sum, yeah. They summarize. So I just watched that like half an hour ago. Because I didn't watch the game on, on Saturday. I went out for the fight. And there was only one Pumas highlight in that whole hour. It was the goal. And it was the goal. Yeah. There was no other, no other Puma play that was worth showing, and Chivas I mean, had what I, Chivas had a ton of opportunities to score goals. What I did like was um, the team is playing well again. The team, like offensively, they're they're it, it, it's it looks kind of similar to what we were how we were playing last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that, and people aren't going to like what I'm about to say, is the fact that they're taking out Orbelin. Um, I felt like earlier in the season when he was playing Orbelin, he was playing him like in the cam roll, and that's yeah. just not his natural position. And there was just a lot of space in between him and Saldivar. And um, it's, it wasn't allowed. Like there, there was just, there was a disconnect in between the midfield and the offense. 
because Orbelin isn't used to that that type of, of role where he you know he has to create offensively. Uh, he more he's you know coming from behind from the, from deeper in the midfield. So now they're taking out Orbelin. He's putting in trophies right there in that in that cam roll, and it seems like the offense is just clicking a lot better. Um, obviously, like if if Pulido was there, I think. I think uh, Pizarro would be, would be playing in that role, and Saldivar would be out on the right, but I mean out on the left. But I feel like that's putting somebody that's more more naturally inclined to attack um, is helping the team offensively. I feel because I mean you're seeing it in the attack. It's just a lot more fluid in the past two games. I think. Yeah, uh, definitely, especially against the Pachuca game where they sent his, they sentenced the win in the first forty-five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. I although I didn't see the Pumas game, I did see the highlights, and there were a lot of chances um, on uh, Pumas's net. I think that uh, Pulido should be coming back fairly soon. I would even dare to say before the month is over. He'd probably get some minutes, it looks like. Um, and then throughout October, we're just going to kind of see him uh, getting his uh, rhythm back. Um, and hopefully it's enough. He, he's, he's definitely going to be taking the starting striker role. Um, and like you said, Rigo, he's, uh, Almeida is probably going to move uh, Saldivar to the wing. Uh, he might even finally bench Fierro and um, yeah hopefully hopefully the offense just keeps improving from there because right now I, uh, we're looking at a very very poor uh, goal conversion rate and yeah so Limar, so Limar has been, he's never really been like uh, I mean he hasn't been like a, a big goal scorer but he's definitely been able to uh you know, make the offense better. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pulido, Pulido, I mean, Pulido last season started off really slow as well. But you know, as we saw late on, late late on in the season, his work rate is is just a lot, it's just a lot better than Sadiwa, and he'll drop a lot further down uh, to to you know to bring to, to get the ball back. Um, he and he just provides he just provides a lot more. Than, than Saldivar does. Yeah, but I think... If, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right, yeah, I think um, you're right about that. I touched upon where Polido, his he was able to drop down to the midfield, sometimes even lower, when the rival team was attacking, just to add support. And then when Chivas would gain the ball back, he would act as a post so that once he grabbed the ball... He'd either drag it to a far corner of the field and try to draw the defense out, or he'd he'd a uh, quick he'd do a quick one-two pass with uh, Saldivar or or uh, Orbelin, and and it really create uh, some space for Chivas. And I think that's what we're missing right now is someone who does the dirty work, who kind of who draws defenses and who acts as a better post. Because I've I've seen Saldivar and he's. He, he does his best to act as that post, but um, it doesn't always work. Uh, he, he hasn't 
refine those skills. Yeah. Yeah, this season it hasn't been very successful for him. And I don't know if it, you know it's, it's taking him a while to get his rhythm, um, but it, it it hasn't worked for him. No. Well, he had he had a couple of opportunities uh, during Pumas. He had like a a header in the box that was a crazy save from the Pumas keeper. And then towards the end of the game, he had a I wouldn't say a one on one with the goalie, but he went just wide. And like you guys are talking about Bolivos, like I, I call it his post up game because I don't know what else to call it. But remember, Saldivar used to have a pretty. Like a pretty solid post up game, if you want to call it a post up game. Yeah, he he played and back. I think I think just like Pulido coming in, kind of it kind of hurt him, and it took. I guess he might have forgotten how to play play like that, but he used to be really good at that. He used to hold the ball well in the box, which is kind of what we need too. Like Pulido would was a workhorse and he would hold the ball anywhere, but Cello was that guy that could hold the ball in the box and I, he, he's just not doing it anymore yeah I think I think the injury plus him playing like the majority of last season off on the wing kind of affected his his game I feel because yeah cause he used to be very good playing with his back to the goal uh, and having the defenders like feed off him um, and he just he's, he hasn't really been doing it as much again there's, there's a lot of things that went into it I mean like I said earlier when when uh, Orbelin was playing in that cam role, he just was he just he just wasn't successful. Um, and the the team, I mean, the whole team wasn't functioning properly because you're essentially playing with with almost three uh, defensive midfielders in the midfield. Um, so I think now that that. Um, Almeida has made that substitution, and he's putting he's putting in trophies. Um, there, when when like Bisuela comes in, I think the, like when you have, when you have natural attacking midfielders in that role that 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 plays behind the center the the, the striker, I think that it helps the team improve the functionality of the team a lot. Not to mention that he also benched Salcido finally. Um, yeah, as much of a club legend he was, I think, in my opinion, he should have retired last season uh, with the Liga and the Copa and make his trophy under his belt. Um, I think he missed a golden opportunity to kind of uh, go off on the on a high note. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the first quarter of that's when Almeida would play Salcido in the midfield. We would really suffer, and uh, the team just looked slow. And again, we had two defensive midfielders uh, with him and Gallito. And the uh, distribution of the ball just wasn't getting, just wasn't what it used to be last season. Uh, but once, I, I remember that um, Michael Perez was having some really great games during the Copa, uh, during the midweek, and everyone wanted him to start. But uh, Almeida just wouldn't give him the chance up until, I think, I think it was just the Pachuca game. I think the first game that he started during the season, and they really showed. He even scored the first goal of the match, Michael Perez. And yeah, that's been a real. That's been a, a real improvement also on, on the squad. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the the fact that you know that Michael Perez was benched last season. I mean, like I said, the, him doing that. Him doing that where 
he will he'll he'll play you know whoever's playing better. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely it definitely helps players because I mean they're gonna give their all when when they're when they're when they come in. I felt like the Salcido thing was almost like like the same makeup as a Pericho. Like he wanted him to work. He wanted Fakila to 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 play well, so he played him there. But I think you're right. I think Fakila should have retired last season. From what I heard, um, I made a personally called him and was like, "No, don't retire. Wait another year or something like that." Um, to Fakila, but I, I agree with you. He should have retired last season. He go go out on a high note. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, for me, it, for me, it, it it's good to see that the team functionality is back. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan of uh, Alanis, um, and I think it 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 did help them to for them to bench him because it, it made him get his shit together. Because for I think for a while, like, I think he got. A little too uh, big-headed over the the national team call-ups because he just he just wasn't playing good, and a couple of the goals early on in the season were his fault. And like I remember seeing a lot like Jair running over to like try and cover his man, cover Alanis's man when he didn't shouldn't have to be doing that. Um, so the fact that Almeida will def- will will play the better player or whoever is playing best at the time. I think it is is really good for the team. I have a quick question because I didn't see the Pumas game, but how did you guys see uh, Cisneros? I know he got about like twenty minutes on the field. He's coming from like a long injury that kind of set him apart from the pitch for almost. I've seen him twice already. I've seen him. He played against Puma. He played against somebody else. They played against uh, Nacional when they played here in New Jersey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, the I didn't really see anything seen... much from him, like because I I watched the condensed version. I didn't. They didn't really highlight anything he did during that game. I mean, he he, he didn't have any highlights, but you can see that he's he's he doesn't look slow. He looks like he's getting the speed back, and 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 he's back up getting his rhythm. Um, they played him on the right, um, and I remember a lot of times they used to play on the left a little bit. Um, but he didn't look like he was off, or like, or like the injuries affecting him too much. To be honest, from what I saw, it could, it could just be he was playing against Puma, so well, he that looked, that he could make good it against uh, Nacional. I remember yeah, he made he like a couple look- of runs, a couple of you know, he a couple of moves, passes. He looked, he looked good against Nacional. Um, I I expect him by the end of the season to be to be one hundred percent. I think. And he also he also looks like a little like he looks stronger. Like I don't know if you guys noticed it, but he like he looks wider. Like his back got like, bigger. Like he got. Like he Both worked, like he just got, like he just jacked up. Getting his gains in. <laughs> yeah, like he was hurt. He's on he that. Might, might as well He's work on. out. 
He's on that sub seal workout. Oh. <laughs> That's good to hear. I mean, he was definitely an important player that we missed um, the last year. And um, I know him and Saldivar, when they were together, for a time they were clicking also. Cisneros was scoring goals from outside of the box and, and Saldivar would be inside of the box. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, all I can hope for is that they, they get their, their rhythm back and when Pulido comes in, they they create a deadly uh, triangle, you know? Well, if a healthy Cisneros means Fierro can get benched, so yeah. I I want that. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'll I'll forever be grateful for Fierro for sending for fighting for that ball and sending the cross in during Chivas' second goal against Tigres in the the Vuelta game. I'll yeah. forever be I'll forever be grateful for that. But but other than that, I mean Fierro, he just he lets me down, man. <laughs> he has a, he has, he has moments. He has his moments. Yeah, he's just not good. He uh, <laughs> he's not. He's I really mean, good. he has he he has amazing work rate. He has amazing work rate. Like he'll he'll run forever. He's great stamina. He's really good at running in a straight line. Yeah, but if you ask if you ask him to do anything with the ball, then you've just you've just lost him. Yeah, he reminds me of a Mamarariano minus uh, injuries. Yeah, but Armandiano could cross the ball. Pre injury or <laughs> post injury? No, well, I mean, I mean, he doesn't get as injured as Omar Ariano did. Oh, but well, yeah, Omar Ariano was definitely in his peak. Was definitely a way better player than Fierro. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's what I was saying. I was like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, but it was just towards that tail end when Omar Ariano would get the ball and he'd like he he'd try to dribble it and he dribbled it so far ahead of himself that the the defense just picked the ball away from him like candy yeah get me so frustrated um just to go back to the the Pumas game for we got to talk about the goal that uh Godina scored yeah that was the one he missed too I didn't see I didn't see which one he missed they didn't show that in the it was it was a breakaway, and what it was it a one on one with the goalie? It was a it was a yeah it was a one on one with the goalie, and the defender catches up to him, and right as he's about to kick it, the defender like kind of like touches his foot, and he kicks it off to the side, kicks it wide. Damn. Damn. Yeah, they didn't show they didn't show that in the condensed version. Really? I just uh. Let's watch the replay of that. But yeah, he should have scored. Should have had a brace. Um, the first one was a golazo, and then that second one should have. He just took too long. He, he was trying to get closer. Yeah. But I don't know. Like when he scored that goal and the way he celebrated, I mean, it's it's cool to see like these younger players get a chance, and then when they mm-hmm. score, you see how much it means to them and how much it means to actually get playing time for this club to them. And then, like the whole bench, the whole bench embraced him too when he ran over. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. You know, it's like uh, 
it took me back to like when Chicharro scored his first goal against Nakaxa. And he just ran to the bench and they all embraced him. Yeah. I'm not saying Godinez is going to be the next Chicharro, but. No, but it's 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 good that 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 you know they're coming on and they're scoring because Chivas needs that um, depth and we don't have it right now. And that's, and that's part of the problem. I think this was his second appearance in Liga MX. I think his first was last season against Necaxa and Jornada uh, Siete. I think it was just his second. His second appearance, and yeah, I look at the dude, and he's he's freaking tall. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, <big>. yeah. <laughs> he's huge. Like he reminded he reminds me of that um, that player that player that we let go last season who played Copa Mekis. What's his name? Um, we let him go because he was just so bad. He was a delantero. He was he was a center forward. Marco Bueno. Talk about Marco Bueno. No, no, no. He, he's this player, he's built like Benitez's, or I mean Godinez's. He came from Coras. I forgot his name. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. But he's he's tall and he's freaking like it. It'd be very difficult to get him off the ball if he learns how to pace himself. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, excited to see what else he has. I mean, I know Almeida. He's kind of in, he's in, he's in charge of like the whole Chivas Youth Academy, and he's even like the 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 sporting director. I mean, so it's up to Almeida to, um, basically to see if these kids succeed or not. Yeah, it's it's cool to just like you know, I'm still not used to, it, but like a coach actually has. The power that he has under, under the Vergara era, you know, and it was just a yeah. couple. It's like what, like a week ago that he made was it was it two years at Chivas, and now like yeah. and now like the longest coach under the Vergara era. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I know uh, Chivas. They're I mean the only other club in Liga I think is that. Does what Chivas does is uh, Tigres, where Tuca Ferretti is like basically in charge of everything, um, everything soccer-wise. You know, um, the only other instance that I can think of, and I'm pretty sure there's more, but the only other instance I can think of is um, Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of like what Vergara said, like the first day that. Almeida was announced the day that they presented him. I think I think Vergara did say that he wants Almeida to be Chivas' Sir Alex Ferguson. No, you need that. You need, especially because Almeida definitely think probably has another year left at the club, yeah. and you need to have. The replacement already be in your in your youth academy, so that you can call him up, and 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 at the same time, you also need the youth academy to be playing the same style of soccer, so that when they come up there, like they they already know how to play in the system. I mean, if a perfect example of this was uh, La Masia with uh, Barcelona, 
where they're playing the same exact system all all through the youth ranks all the way up to the first team. And um, you know when 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 Pep left, Tito Villanova took over, and it was like they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. He's. That's, I think that's another reason why they put him in charge of the the whole youth academy is just they want his style of play to be to echo throughout. The ranks, you know, the sub 17, sub 15, sub 13. They want the players as they move up the ranks to already know how the team is supposed to play, what the philosophy is. That way, when they jump the when they jump up to the first team, they're ready to go, and they got the most chance to succeed. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the like the little European tour that uh, Jose Luis Iguera was doing? Like, he was visiting, like, top European teams and meeting with, um, I guess, their higher-ups and coaches and management and, like, just trying to learn from, from them. I think he visited... I know he visited Man U. He visited uh, Manchester City. And Rangers. And Rangers. That's what caused the... Uh, he visited Rangers. That's what caused all the drama in Mexico. Oh, yeah. did he? <laughs> yeah, he took a picture with... Casino. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. And that people were like saying that he had a uh, gone over there to recruit him because he doesn't. Because him and Almeida don't get along. Which I, I have heard that him and Almeida don't get along. There's been a lot of rumors about that. Yeah. Well, he got us. He got like a really strong character. Like he's yeah. got he's got a really strong character. You know, you saw it in the football picante table when he was basically. He was like seven on one against every other <laughs> person there, but um, if it's if the rumors are true, which I doubt they are, but if the rumors are true that he's looking for a male's replacement, then Caicinho has got to be like the last person he's got to get because Caicinho is also a, another hot-headed person, and we saw that um, when he was coaching Santos, almost every every press conference where um, Santos didn't get the win. He, there'd be some controversy because he'd uh, he'd kind of blow the lid against the media, and I can also see that being like a a ticking time bomb if you ever uh, enter Chivas's locker room, you know. Especially with Iguera. Yeah, no, I, I just hope we keep Almeida forever. <laughs> I mean, I I see another year. I see him replacing Osorio as the national team post World Cup. Yeah. But if that happens, I think the replacement for him needs to come from within. It can't. It can't come from from the exterior, and it needs to be somebody that they're willing to give an opportunity in case there's growing pains. Yeah. That all that being said, though, we're at week nine, going into week ten, and the playoffs really are not out of the question right now. No, no, I think we we're talking about this earlier, but um, basically, the rule of thumb for any team to reach eighth place, which is the bare minimum that you need to get to make it to the playoffs, 
the rule of thumb is usually around 24, 25, 26 points at the end of the season. Right now we're sitting at nine points with nine more games to go. So Chivas really needs to win four or five games at least um, out of the nine remaining. And that's tough. It is tough, but it's possible. Mathematically, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, this month they have five games. Yeah, this month they have five games, five Liga games. I mean, obviously one just got postponed. Yeah. Um, so there was a possibility to get to get 15 points, and I I, I think I said in an earlier podcast, if we could, if we could get 10 points out of those out of those possible 15, which would mean you know not losing any but winning winning three, tying. Right. I mean maybe lose losing one, winning three, tying one. Um, we, we we would be in good shape. Um, obviously, this puts a little bit of a um, just a little, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be distractions now. Obviously, because of the earthquake and all the everything that's going on. Um, but I, I think I think the goal should still be that to to at least get in eighth place, ninth place. I mean, um, not ninth. Uh, eighth or seventh place. Um, get in there and then hope the team is healthy at that point and have a healthy pulido and and, and make a run. Then I mean I'm, I I don't know if I, I'm expecting them to win another championship, but um, I think if they can get healthy at the right time, they can make a deep run. And looking at the schedule, the, the schedule is, isn't that isn't that difficult. I think the hard, the, the toughest match might be America, America and Tigre. Well, I mean, we we pretty much control. I'm not gonna say we control our destiny, but if you look at the table, Leon is sitting at eighth, Morelia is sitting at seventh, and then Lobos Boap are at tenth, and we still play all of them, and we're within four points of all of them, and two two from Lo, three from Lobos Boap. But if we beat those three, that's like we automatically we're automatically gonna jump over them. Yeah. So like it's it's if we're still playing teams that are in the playoffs, so we could still play spoiler and help ourselves. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it, we do depend on ourselves, I guess. We have time to turn it around. Um, and like, I guess if you look at Tigres last season, you know it's not it's not what place you uh, what rank you get placed in. It's about how you close out the season. And they they almost pulled the rug the rug out of us at the end. Yeah, I mean Adidas, they got their season really kicked off when they beat. Uh, Chivas, yeah. and after that, that's when they went on that crazy long streak. And with the with our Tigres game coming up here soon, I mean, maybe Chivas could do the same thing. Beat Tigres. Didn't they? Didn't they lose this week? They lost this week. Yeah. Oh, it's talking about last season. No, but Tigres, Tigres just lost last weekend. 
Oh no, he's, he's talking about the run that Diggers went on after they beat they beat Chivas last season. Oh, you saying you saying that us making the same run this season? Yeah. Yeah. Well, flow. So the Diggers, the Diggers game is coming up. That's probably the next game we're gonna play. So maybe we can win that, and that'll give us uh, our momentum, and maybe allow us to go on our own run this year to get into the playoffs. I mean, it's possible. Diggers hasn't been playing very well. They have, they have all they have all that they all that money and they haven't they haven't played really well. Um, they tie with Morelia. Obviously, they're playing in Morelia. Um, then they lost to Zacatepec in the Copa. Got eliminated. With only one point from the group stage. So they haven't they haven't they have they've only lost once, but they've had a lot they have a lot of draws. Yeah. Well, Chivas has only lost twice, right? Yeah, we've only lost twice. Yeah. We have six draws. So, like we've been saying all season, we're not we're not a bad team. We're just not finishing the opportunities that we do get. And pretty, we have to start soon because it's reaching that point point in the season where you have to start winning games. You need that run that. You need a run going to the playoffs. I remember, I think it was the second the second game of the season when we tied against Nakaksa. I was like, we're really going to miss these two points at the end of the season because that's the way it is. That's the way it has been for Chivas. You always, or in recent years, um, they kind of start off slow. Uh, I know last season was kind of the exception because... It was the other way around. They started off really great, winning their games, and then towards the tail end of the season, they they were losing and they were tying their matches. But Chivas and Torneos Cortos have really always started off slow, and they end up um, missing. They, they make mistakes during the matches that kind of cost them the win. And towards the end of the season, you always end up missing those points, you know, even if it's just to get a higher placement on the table in order to receive the games at home, the second legs. I don't know. I, I, that's my way of thinking. I worry too much. <laughs> no, yeah, I think if you look at the season, you always you always remember like that one game that's like, it's like, oh, this is what cost us the playoffs, or this is what cost us the championship. And, yeah, I think that Nikaksa game is going to be, I hope it's not, but it's definitely yeah. going to be one of those that got away because they were up 2-0 and then gave up the lead. Yeah, I mean, this Pumas game, too. Yeah. Another game we should have won. That, that's four points right there that, that we should we should have. That, that would put us in eighth place right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about... I wanted to talk about the... The new jerseys that we got, the green ones. Uh, so I, I remember we talked we talked about opinion. them when the like the first couple couple of pictures leaked, and I don't think any of us liked them. And then when those official pictures came out with like um, I think it was like Chofi's, uh Pizarro and like Pulido wearing them, I was just like, oh, I was like, this this jersey is beautiful. <laughs> it's all. Uh... No. It's all Trophies' body, you know? You see Trophies wearing it, and you're like, damn. 
No, that's Perot. Rigo. Rigo, Rigo is the he makes, trophy stand. He makes, he makes everything look sexy. <laughs> um, no, homo. no, but I, I, I really no all homo. Um, <laughs> Pause. I really, I really uh, I like out. the jerseys. Yeah, they really, they're better. They're better Mexico jerseys than what Mexico, what Adidas has given Mexico to of me. Course. Facts. Like the 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 latest Adidas Mexico jersey is super lazy. Like I, I ended up buying it, but it's just a regular like dry fit green shirt with like the three stripes, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so about the ones that have been out for like a couple of years, or the ones that's coming out? No, the one that's been out. Yeah. The one they use yeah. the one they've been using recently. Yeah, even the one that's coming out is like ugly. Yeah, are you talking one, about are you talking about the one that that leaked? Yeah, that for the World Cup, like like yeah, two yeah. different tones of, of green. Yeah, the one that's it. coming out like in a few months. Yeah, they they, they already have that in Yankees in Mexico. Yeah, I was <laughs> saying, I'm pretty sure they got it down the street somewhere selling it. Oh, but it's no. ugly. Yeah, that one is terrible. I mean, this Pumas one is really, really nice. Like the design in, inside of it, um, just the, the it just the whole the whole design is really nice. Yeah, the design is apparently based on the the Wichol art pattern. Um, oh, from they the did Wichol, Wichol again for that too. Yeah, so I guess if you guys don't know, the Wichol are an in, indigenous group of people that live in like northern mountains of Jalisco and parts of Durango, Zacatecas, and Nayarit. So that's kind of like where they drew inspiration from. And uh, it is it is really beautiful. I remember when when the first pictures of the jersey leaked, um, I wasn't so sure about it because, I don't know, I'm a guy who likes symmetry. So I just, everything for me needs to be symmetrical, but... But when the official pictures came out with uh, from Puma and from Chivas, uh, I was immediately on board. Especially the long sleeve version is it's I think yeah. it's one of the the better jerseys that Chivas has had in recent years. Period. I mean, all three all three sets right now the home, the away, the, this third kit they're all really really nice jerseys. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm 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 a long sleeve fan myself as well. I will also say this: if you if you haven't bought the new kits, spend the extra money and get the on-field version. The players wear. It's the same. Like people are always like, it's it's not gonna fit the same. It's the same exact cut as the replica version, and the materials they use are so much better. Because I I bought the new kit and it's the on-field one, and it fits exactly like the the replica version, but. The detail and the materials that they use for the players is so much better, and it's just, it's just so much worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm worried about uh, finding uh, somewhere to get the the Copa MX and the Liga MX championship badges because I really want those. Uh, there's a guy that's selling them on Twitter. Um, I don't remember. I think I think it's like CDG Jerge, something like that. Yeah, 
I think I saw him too, but he's he's only selling them with the jerseys. Like you gotta buy the jerseys. So I might end up buying the jerseys from him. Yeah, I bought it from somebody. It's jerseys CDG. I bought it from somebody on Twitter, um, and it came with the it came with the patch. But it it only came with the the Liga MX patch though. Yeah, it's worth it though. Oh, definitely. And and the patch feels so much because the on-field version one, it's like it has all these different materials and all these different textures. So with the patch, it just feels so much better when you're wearing it. Um, What do you guys think about? Well, I guess not Cuba's fans, but other fans, like hitting, going the oh, you guys want want to be like the Mexican national team so bad, or those kind of reactions that were coming from opposite fans. I think what I would say to them is we're more Mexican than the Mexican national team. <laughs> like uh, the Mexican national team, you're allowed to put in naturalizados, you know. And Chivas, not even that. I mean, the closest you get is... um, The closest exception that you get are players born on different countries. But they're Mexican by law, by right, because of their parents born in Mexico. You know? Uh, Like with uh, Miguel Ponce and Isaac Brizuela. They're both... I think Ponce was born in Sacramento and Brizuela was born in my hometown of San Jose. Um, but because they are, their parents are Mexican, they're born in Mexico, they're, they're seen as Mexican by law. And that's, uh, that's why they play, that's why they're allowed to play with Chivas. But um, I don't think we'll ever see, you know, naturalizados, you know, and uh, a Paraguayan or a Uruguayan uh, who was, who, who got their Mexican citizen, citizenship play with Chivas, whereas you do see that with the Selección Mexicana. Yeah, I my... personally don't care what those people say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't. Like, if you're going to sit here and talk about like Chivas like that, like, you're, you're just like, you're just sound stupid. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't got time. I don't got time for you to be out here hating on the jerseys. Like, appreciate what they're doing. Like, we aren't the first team. We're not, we're not gonna be the last team to do it. Just, I understand that your team is not as fucking cool or popular, <laughs> and but exactly. just appreciate it. Just appreciate it. I know you're mad that your team has a fucking Home Depot logo in the front of their jersey and shit. <laughs> Life's gonna be alright. It's like it's like in the it's like in the NFL. The NFL does the color rush jerseys. Yeah, and San Francisco has the best one. I mean, yes, we suck, yeah. but we have the best color rush jerseys. Like you said, you just have to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I think- yeah. Chivas jerseys in general are great this year. They look good while they're getting those draws out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they look good. If you're gonna if you're gonna tie a game, you might as well look good doing it, All right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, another thing that probably influences how 
good our jersey looks is the lack of a sponsor in the front, you know? And I think that's huge. And I know that's not going to last forever. You know, it could very well come next season, next year, that they get a sponsor in the front. But for right now, I'm really enjoying the look, and I'm buying every jersey where they don't have a sponsor in the front. The return of Bimbo. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those are dark days. <laughs> but, yeah, my whole argument like against that other fan base is hating the the green jersey. It's not Chivas isn't the first team that did it. America has done it. They had a green jersey. Pachuca had a green jersey. Other teams have had it, and like Osvaldo, like you said, if any team has a right to wear a jersey representing the Mexican national team, it's Chivas. Yeah, we play, and we play with all Mexicans. Like you guys don't. You guys have one Mexican on the field. Pachuca has a bunch, but America has. Like two, you know, it's, we have a right to wear a jersey yeah. that looks like the Mexican national team. And that, uh, when America and Pachuca and Cholos, I think it was when they had their green jerseys during the last World Cup. It was just lazy, man. I mean, it was a Nike. Nike was uh, doing the movement, and all they did was just they had the same jerseys, but they the whole jersey turned green, and it just looked. It just looked nasty, to be honest. Yeah, it's just like Puma, a gradient, like a gradient going yeah. from the top to bottom. Where Puma actually um, took the time to design something new and draw influence from the Wichol art. And um, honestly, if, it just looks better. It, it's just, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, and um, I just want to say, like, like what Rigo was saying, like, if you're... If, if a jersey is nice, I can appreciate the jersey, you know? I'm not going to hate on it because it belongs to the team that I hate. If they have a nice jersey, I'll give them props for having a nice jersey. Yeah. Look, I, I, I actually like that America jersey that they came out with, minus the Home Depot. Yeah, it was a nice jersey. It, it is a nice jersey, minus the logo. Yeah. Yeah, the white, the, the white one is really, really nice. Like, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. Oh, it's just a stupid Home Depot logo, which I've heard there's also, like, I've, I've uh, heard that there's videos on online of people taking off that logo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because they don't like Tutorials. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know whose uh, home jersey I I really hate on because it's so nice? They, Pumas? It, well, every, everyone, everyone rides on, you know, Pumas's, you know. But... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, honestly, I don't think their jersey is that nice. The one team that I really like their team colors and and their jersey is uh, Udeje. And they're playing in Ascenso right now. I think they're like last place. But man, they're going to look good losing on the field. (laughs) I don't know what it is about. Is it still still yellow and red? It's yellow, yellow, black, and red stripes. Oh, okay. And I don't know that uh, it's a color combination that you just don't see that often. And um, yeah, yeah, I love I love their jerseys for sure. Yeah, I mean last season uh, Atlas had a really nice one. I think it was their away kit. It yeah. had like great. It had like gradient from like black to white, um, and I thought it was really nice. I mean, it, like if if a jersey is nice, you you have to appreciate. It. You can't. 
can't hate on a jersey. Like there are jerseys <laughs> that are ugly, but there are jerseys that are nice, even if it's not your team. Like, like I'm not a Real Madrid fan, but some of the jerseys that they come out with are actually really nice. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who doesn't have nice jerseys. Chelsea, they don't have nice jerseys. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little, a little mediocre league banter. Flow over there. I know. I'm just staring at my ten Chelsea jerseys in my closet right now. Uh, you guys want to move on from jerseys? <laughs> yeah, like move not, on to that. Not really. Next agenda, next thing you, got, you got really hurt by your last comment. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk. We want to talk about the the Copa ninety video that was released today. The Chivas theme video, and um, basically they they picked their three two. They picked what they thought were the three best uh, Chivas players of all time. Uh, you guys all watched the video, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so they picked um, Chava Reyes, Osvaldo Sanchez, and Omar Bravo. And first, I wanted to like get everyone's thoughts on on their picks, and then we're gonna we're gonna give our picks for top three. Who wants to go first? We gotta let Flo go first. He's been very right. talkative today, but I think he'll go first. <laughs> Uh, I think I would not include uh, Omar Bravo. I mean, I know he's the top goal scorer, but I don't know. He just doesn't come. If you if you tell me top three Chivas players, he just he doesn't come to mind. He's not the first player that comes to mind, or the third player that comes to mind, obviously. So, I mean, that's the one person that I didn't think was going to be on there that, that stood out to me that was on there. Um, Chava Reyes, I know uh, Regal might not think he should be on the list, but uh, he definitely uh, deserves to be on there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I thought the list was all right. Um, but I think uh, Omar Bravo to me stood out. Um, I never saw Chavarrez play. Yes, he's you know one of the top goal scorers, seven championships. But I never saw him play. So I like if you were to ask me who's if he's one of the goats, maybe in the top five. But I mean, if I'm going from when I watched, which is from the '90s till now, I I I, I probably wouldn't even include. I wouldn't even remember him to, to put him on a list. Like somebody would have to remind me that to put him on the list. Um, I definitely wouldn't put him on a rubble because I just I never thought he was that good. Uh, although he's a top goal scorer, and I love Osvaldo. But again, I don't see him as one of the goats. Like I, and I was a huge fan. But I mean, he came from Atlas. He played for America, and yeah, he gave you know like his the prime of his career was at Chivas. But I, I just I, I don't I don't see him as one of the goats. 
So you, so, you, don't, I mean, agree so, with, you so, don't agree with so any I, of them. I don't. I don't agree with any of them. But if if some if I was going to have one of those guys on there, it would be Chavarreyes because of what he's done. But I never saw him play, so I can't. I, I can't sit here and say you know you know uh, he's one of my goats. So I wouldn't even if you if you told me right now without looking at any list, write your three players for Chivas who you think are are the goats. And if there was no list ever created, and I was just writing it. I would not remember that Chavarreyes existed. Yeah. So you're saying like if there was no, like, uh... like if this list wasn't created, and then and Varo just randomly said, "Give me your, give me the three best U.S. players ever," in your opinion, I would not have picked Chavarreyes because I probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't have remembered because I never saw him play. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the video yesterday when I was on campus at my university. I was freezing my ass off, and I was like, what is this? And uh, it kind of took me by surprise, um, the players they picked. I mean, it's so hard because at a at a club like Chivas, where, let's be honest, everyone's at, at a, on a global scale, our players are pretty mediocre right so in my eyes there's no real right answer about who's the three best players and the three best players who's ever played for the club um but i'd have to agree that chaval reyes deserves a spot there not only because he was the lead goal scorer for a long time but because he did win seven league championships and yeah you might say you know it was on the black and white television, but seven championships. Um, no one, no one, no other team did that. And and uh, Chavarreyes, that's uh, I think that's his most important anecdote, his most important contribution to Chivas, those championships. Um, Osvaldo Sanchez, along with Duo Gomez, he's probably the best goalkeeper that Chivas has had ever had, but again, his past with Atlas, coming out of Atlas, playing for America, um, that kind of hinders him a little bit. Um, and I still think that he was let go from the club way too early. Um, because even though his prime was with Chivas, he had, he maintained a really good level with Santos for another, you know, six, seven years after it left Chivas. Um, and Omar Bravo, I don't, I don't think. See, he's a top goal scorer, but I'm also with Rigo. I don't think he was ever that good. He was just, he knew where to be to put the ball in the net. You know, I think he only scored maybe two or three goals from outside of the box ever in his career. And I know that's asking a lot from a center forward, but out of his 130 plus goals with Chivas, um, the 80-90% of them were inside the box. Uh, he does, he definitely deserves a mention, but I don't know if I'd include him either as one of the three goats. All right, well, or, yeah, for me, I, I, I think you have to respect history and you have to throw Chavarreyes in there. So I, I agreed with that, especially like, well, he has the seven league titles, He's the second leading goal scorer in Chivas, and it took 
so many years for that record to be broken. And I think in today's, like in today's, uh, the game today, it's not designed for this rec for these kind of records to be broken. And then for the record to last so long, it's, I don't know, it's just part of part of the club's history. So he has to be there. Osvaldo, for me personally, he's probably like my favorite goalie that I've watched play for Chivas. So I would I would put him in the top three. The only one I didn't want on was um, Omar Bravo. I just want to add about Omar Bravo. When you compare him to other clubs' top goal scorers, you have like Sage on America, you have Luis Gabriel Rey. Um, you have, I think, I don't know, I think uh, Pumas has Gavinho or something like that. These are players who are like scratching 200 goals with their club. And I know they play it on different eras where Bravo where, where left the club a lot more. But 130 goals, even as a Chivas top goal scorer, it's kind of low when you compare it to other forwards in the league, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's low and like like you guys are saying, you know, if you if on the spot you told me name the top three Chivas players to you, Omar Bravo is not making that list. I'm not. Maybe top top six. Not definitely not top three. Yeah. Uh, I think we lost Rigo on the call, but so hello. <laughs> Flo, you want to give us your who your top three would be? Top three Chivas players? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Took a little power nap. <laughs> had, a, had a sleep on my decision, you know. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, my list, uh, top three, I mean, some people might say not good or whatever, but I would say, obviously, we already dis- discussed it. Uh, Got to respect history, so I would have Chava in there. Uh, I would personally put um, Ramon Morales on there as well mm-hmm. in the top three, and then just my personal favorite, uh, Marco Fabian. And that's that's just if you ask me, that that's that'd be my three. And nobody hate on Marco Fabian. I'll punch you. I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> um, Rigo, give us uh, your your top three. So my number one is Amor Ramirez, which might be before all your time. Maybe I saw a little bit of him. He played in the nineties. Played in the nineties. To me, he's the best left midfield, left winger that Mexico and Chivas has ever had. Um, then I would put his eventual replacement in Ramon Morales as another one of the goats. And that third spot. There's so many players that I I'd want to put because like that 
to me, like, to find, like, Chiva. Like, like to me, Claudio Suarez is, is Chiva. Uh, Fernando Tirarte could be up there. Um, who else? Uh, I felt like the, like, like the 06 team was more defined by by Bofo than anybody, but I wouldn't consider him a Chivas GOAT because he like, he didn't play a long time with the team. Um, Misael Espinosa. I don't know, they're, 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 that, that third spot, I don't know, but uh, um, I guess because of history and... Uh, I don't, I don't want to be lambasted on Twitter. People hear this, so I'll put I'll put Chava Reyes on there on the list. Uh, uh, I thought you were gonna go Fabian. Uh, I mean, Fabian's up there for me too. I, I love Fabian. I thought you were gonna go trophies. I, I was gonna I, I was gonna go trophies too. Who's the face of the team now? But I mean, the face and the body. People, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're going with the three best-looking guys, then yeah. Um, people get really offended if you don't respect the history, especially in, especially in America. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for my best three, obviously you got to go with Charles Reyes. I mean, just because of the seven league championships alone. Goals aside... I mean, his goals helped win those seven league championships, but we wouldn't be the same club without those titles, obviously. Um, I probably I'm gonna go like chronological chronological order, like Campionissimo, Pichava Reyes, go, and then the Super Chivas era. I'd probably choose uh, Ramon Ramirez. Um, I did see him play. I did see him play a little bit, not in his prime, but. Towards the tail end of like the the early and mid two thousands, um, so Ramon Ramirez would be my number two. And modern era, it's a tough one because there's not a lot of players that I feel have consolidated themselves as Chivas legends. Um, I can respect Omar Bravo because of he's an all time Chivas goal scorer, but um, that's all he really has going for him, to be honest. You know, it kind of hurt when he went to go play with Aklas. And uh, when he scored that penalty goal against us, even as a friendly, he celebrated it. It was kind of like, you know, a uh, stab to the back. But whatever. I guess... For my third spot, I'll probably just choose my favorite player that I've seen play, and that'd be um, Bofo, just because I've never seen anyone uh, play like he does, and be hard-pressed to see anyone play like he does again, ever at the club. So, personally, I'd give that spot to him. Yeah, I think Bofo was crucial, you know, to the 06 team, and you know, fans love them, so... Yeah. And then Chepo happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, my top three at number one, I 
I'm throwing in my favorite player of all time, Ramon Morales. I just, uh, I don't know. I used to, I used to love watching him play. I grew up watching him play and develop and stuff. And like, I don't know. The thing that fascinated me about him was just like he's like five, he was like five foot six, like five foot five. So he's like, and he did the same move every time. <laughs> all right, he's one of the greatest players to ever wear the QF jersey. So I used to call it the Yoda. No, show. but. I'm- <laughs> but I'm saying he did the same move and it worked every single time for like 20 years. Like he would he would fake right and then go left. And yeah, like, nobody <laughs> ever knew that he wasn't going to do that. Uh, I used to call that the Yoda shuffle. <laughs> Shuffled right and left. <laughs> nah, but yeah, Ramon Morales. There's a reason he's called um, El Capitan Eterno. You know, our eternal captain. I think. Yeah. When I when you know somebody asked me about Chivas, I'm like. Ramon Morales, that's it. I think he defined what it meant to be a Chivas player. He 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 went out there and like represented the shirt every game. He's he's definitely hands down the best free kick taker I've ever seen at Chivas. Oh yeah. that was like towards the end of his career too, I feel like. Like he didn't get yeah. that down until like last towards the end of his career. Yeah. And even then on the national team he had a couple of nice ones. Oh yeah, yeah. At a uh, at number two, I'm putting in. Like I said, I I agree with Osvaldo Sanchez. I think he's the he's the best he's the best goalkeeper I've I've watched play for Chivas, and he was part of that 06 team. I was glad he, I was glad he was a champion with Chivas. The way he left the team, I think it's it's been talked about a lot. And I think he kind of, he made it clear he didn't want to leave. He just, he had to take care of his family. He had to take care of himself to make the most money he could make. So that's why he eventually had to leave the Santos because Chivas wasn't going to pay him. And third, I got to respect history. So I got to put in Chavar Reyes. Those seven titles mean everything, you know. Without those seven titles, we're not, we're, like Osvaldo said, we're not the club that we are today. But, you know, top three, you grab any Chivas fan, they're all going to give you different different top yep. threes. I think it's it's all about what what team you watched growing up and then transitioning to today. You know, you you grab a you grab a 10-year-old kid that's a Chivas fan, ask him who are your favorite Chivas players. He's going to probably hit you with, like, Marco Fabian, maybe Chicharito, and then I don't even know who, who they would pick. That's what I'm... I don't know. I'm trying to think right now. No, maybe not. <laughs> it's Flo 10 years old. I wish. No, but yeah, if you grab a kid and ask him who his favorite players are, he's going to give you three players that you're going to yeah. want to throw him out a window because you're going to be like, no. <laughs> who do you guys think right now has on the current squad is going to give the most to the club throughout their career. Like, if, if we made this list in 10 years, right, who do you think right now on the squad has... I'm not going to say they're, they're going to show up on the list, but who do you think on this squad has the best chance to show up on your list? Damn. Got to think for a second. Uh... 
think I, I think I, I think Jair. Okay. Corta. Dex if we keep him. I say yeah, that's if we keep him. That's it. Yeah. I think Gota definitely, but if we keep him, I think I think we're keeping him. Yeah, his loan is uh, See, Pulido might leave in like a year, year and a half though. But if he stays, he really has those goals against Theaters yeah. going for him. If that, he stays, he he could become. That's the thing, though. He said that he only wanted to stay for like. Two years. Yeah, he he wants to go back to Europe. So I I don't want him to like you know turn sour when he doesn't go back to Europe. You know. There's the thing is there's there's a few guys on this team who could go to Europe. Right now. Yeah. There's uh, Pineda, uh, Pizarro, Chofi. Three of them could easily all go to Europe. Will they all go? Probably not. But I think. I think Pineda's probably next on the launching pad to go. Uh, although Pizarro is probably better. But yeah. if, if you looked at, if I were to look at this team and like in 10 years and say which of these players is like, let's say in my top three, I would say, I would say Pizarro. Just because of like, Without Pizarro last season, we don't win the championship. Oh no, no. He, when, he, when he came back from injury, like he, it completely changed the dynamic of the team. Yeah, I, I would say he was he was as important, or even a little bit more important than Pulido. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. is the best player on the team in my in my opinion. I think he's next to leave for Europe. To be honest. Oh, I, I could I could definitely see him leaving soon as well. I'm gonna go against the grain a little bit, and I'm gonna say that if in ten years you were to ask me, or if in ten years which one of these players would would I most likely put on my list, it would be most likely Chapo Sanchez. <laughs> mm. And I know that's actually a good pick, yeah. And I would only say that because of all the crap. Well, first of all, he's 28 years old, so he's not going to Europe, right? Um, he he grabbed so much crap in the early in 2010, 2011 when he was uh, when he was playing up until like even 2015. You know, I I would really and I was I would really hate when I'd see him on the pitch. You know, because his crosses were crap. His his uh, defense was crap. It was, it was like a, like Layun situation that he had at America a few years ago, but Layun recovered faster. Uh, but Chapo, I think, he's he's grown at a steady rate. Um, right now, I dare to say he's the best Mexican right back, um, and I think that. He's gonna stay at the club for for at least another three years, and um, he has the opportunity to win more titles with the club. And if he keeps a if he keeps a good a good uh, yes performance, if he keeps himself healthy and he he maintains his current level, 
um, I think that in ten years he'll be one of the uh, one of those players that I that I uh, remember fondly. I thought you were gonna say Alanis. Yeah, Alanis is Alanis is good looking, but but he's got to do a little bit more to win my heart. Yeah. Piero, Piero still has a chance to pull it around, but I don't know. I feel like Piero needs to work with trophies on his ball. They should get together and like work on it with each other. Yeah. Like Piero, Piero could could help with his speed, and and Chofi could help Piero with his ball control and his crossing. Yeah. And then we then we can have two good players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. For the player that I that I choose, I'm gonna choose like someone way more green. But I I think um, Michael Perez is gonna be good. He's only he's only 24, and he last season he's he was a starter. I think he got hurt two seasons ago. He was a starter. He got hurt. Sasilo came, took his place. Sasilo was balling, and Almeida did what he does. He played the the player that's in form, and now this season. It's the other way around. Sacido hasn't been playing well. And now they plug in Michael Perez the last two, three games. And he's looked really good. And he's only he's only 24. I think... I don't see him right now, like, elevating to the point where he's going to go to Europe. So I think he's going to stay at Chivas. I think he can be one of those guys that we look at in 10 years and be like, Hey, this kid Michael Perez was pretty good for Chivas. Yeah. I don't know. Does nobody nobody agrees? Everybody. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't agree. With you. <laughs> um, I just. I don't. I don't think he's. He's good. He's. He's decent. Well, he's he only twenty four. He's still. But he's still he. Gonna get he goes through a lot of ups and downs, though. Like he. He peaks like. He peaks a lot, and he like goes to these back days. Unfortunately, in that position, you you can't do that because it's such an important position in in that system that they play in the four three three. The pivot, center, defensive, midfielder is so important. Um, and like when he's when his when his game drops, it's just bad. But he he does he does show a lot of potential. A lot. I just. He just needs to be more consistent with it. Yeah, it's only his third third season. Yeah, third year with the team, so fourth year. But he he's been making starting more and more games, so I think I don't know. I think he's gonna be around for a while. What is the future of our of our of our midfield right now? The Gaitas up there. Pineda's probably going to get sold. Pizarro's going to get sold. Yeah. I don't know. He's going he's to be good. What about a uh, cello? He's only like 22, 23. Yeah, if he picks up his form. I don't I think, think he's going anywhere. Well, I think he's still young. So, it's really up in the air. It's really up in the air. I think if he picks up his form, team 
he might he might make it to like a I don't know I don't know a low tier Spanish team or something. Maybe to the pro league. Oh. I don't know. We've oh, been burnt. Who's already up three? Oh yeah. What was that? Oh, I don't. I was just gonna say that we we've been burnt out by so many prospects that you can't really say anything about either players. Yeah, that's true. The, a lot of a lot of players don't actually don't really pan out. Yeah. Good thing Jose Luis. Uh, what's his name? Jose Luis Real. Oh. <laughs> all right. That's all I was gonna say. All right, we've been going. We're about to hit the hour and a half mark. So I think we should wrap it up. This is a, this is a good episode, I think. Um. All right, Rigo, Flow, let them know where, let listeners know where they can find you guys. Uh, I guess I'll go first. You guys can find me on Twitter. Uh, R.A. You guys already know, man. Fucking just find me on Twitter. Um, and you can read my stuff on FMS State of Mind. Uh, I'm also on the Cantina MX podcast. And I'm usually talking shit on Twitter, so I'll like boy. If, if you want to argue at, at Rigo. <laughs> I don't argue. I just I just put out valid points. And, you know, like people, you know, make counter, they, they do counterpoints, and then we go back and forth. I tell them they're wrong. And I go on about my day. <laughs> Rigo's Rigo's timeline is all arguing and puns all day. Yeah, I'm, all, I, you know, I, I'm great with puns. Let me tell you about that. And wildlife as well. <laughs> you guys didn't my my turtle story this morning. I I did not. Uh, <laughs> um, you need to go on and read my turtle. Listen, listen in. Go on my Twitter, read my turtle story from Wednesday morning. You're going to hear this on Thursday. So, Great turtle story. I don't want to tell it here. Get, get my views up. <laughs> well. Alright, well you can find me at The Real Flow on Twitter. FLO. Also at TCKFC or on PlayStation Network. Any state of your mind, if you want to catch a Regal loss, like Regal did a couple of weeks ago, just hit me up, uh, FIFA 18 coming out, if you want to join the pro club, let me know. Alright. Osvaldo, let them know uh, where they can find you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I said it earlier, but you can find me on Twitter at osvaldo to go um, also have a website that I haven't updated at all because I've been really busy lately but that website is the-goatee goatee at dot com um, I used to 
I used to. Yeah, I used to like review and uh, do previews of Chiba's games. Um, I haven't completely abandoned the website. I just have another idea that I want to pursue. So, yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you might hear more news about that soon. Oh, is it Go C E E? Yeah, the dash goat ee.com so it's like oh. it's like a I guess you could say it's like a pun goatee oh because I also so like sometimes I sport a goatee Ego, <laughs> <laughs> like, is that a good pun? Tease. no I mean it's alright you know, dad, dad joke pun dad jokes are fun yeah. I mean I was, I was gonna make another dad joke if you guys if you sold actual goat tease oh yeah Teeth of goat. No. I'll be I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll hit up the, I'll hit up the straight goat about that. The straight goat. Yeah. Yeah. He has a goat on here. He has a t-shirt factory in Mexico, is what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Mass producing doblete shirt. They're all over the stadium. Every every single match now, there's somebody there with a doblete shirt. Seriously. <laughs> I heard he got. An investment from Tom Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at underscore dos uno. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Chivas del Norte. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Osvaldo, it was nice having you on the call today. I uh, hope you liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was nice being here. I think. Uh... I think we all learned some new things, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good, good podcast tonight. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Good talking to you guys. We'll be back after uh, Chivas Love with WAP, I guess, because America game is postponed to laughter. 4 0 Chivas. Sounds good. Oh, pr- predictions? Too early for that? For Love with WAP? Yeah. Uh, that's my second favorite team right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rooting for a 1 0 Chivas win. So, 7 0 right there. It's going to be 2 0 yeah. Chivas. Cool. <laughs> Alright, guys. Later. Later. Later.